0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bounce Back Bogey podcast. Yes, for a third week in a row, we have changed hosts. Tonight will be my night. As usual, I'm joined by Craig Titterington, Brayden Brown, and we have a special guest tonight. You may know him as Tamp. You may know him as slightly acoustic. Yes, that's right. It's Brett Thompson.
1: Brad, how was <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Ray, how was your weekend?
1: Well, weekend was fine. However, Thursday night, just was playing a little beer league hockey. And uh, let me tell you, cages or a full bubble kind of not a necessity for beer league hockey, but definitely would have helped my situation because I, I was rocking the half visor, no mouth guard, playing a little defense. Someone walked in over the blue line. I got stick on puck like a good solid defenseman as he was taking a shot. Unfortunately, though, puck deflects off my stick right up hits me in the face i think it just i thought at the time it just hit me in the visor but it hit me in the visor and the teeth at the same time and i broke three teeth front two and then a third one on the side um yeah was spitting up blood everywhere the teeth were in my mouth got to keep them but unfortunate unfortunate start to the weekend uh went home that night slept okay like the pain didn't really set in until three in the morning but was was kind of rough. Woke up at 3 in the morning, just really, really hurt. Popped some Tylenol. Was fortunate enough to get in, and in at a dentist the, the next day. Um, the worst part was at the dentist when they do pressure tests and cold tests. They basically put cold stuff on your teeth. And so one of my teeth was full nerve exposed. And this is just kind of how they have to test it. And it was just the worst pain ever. So basically... They attach one of my teeth back on uh, the the other two teeth. They put some filling in, whatever. They look fine now. And the pain's not too bad. They gave me some Toradol, which uh, now I'm ready to just strap it up for an NFL game. That's their, their painkiller of choice. So hopefully don't get uh, addicted to that, but it's, it's not too bad, but I do need a root canal for that one that was fully exposed. And I know, I don't know exactly what that entails, but I know a lot of people really hate them. So not looking forward to that. Still waiting to mm-hmm. to book that in the next couple of days here, but yeah, tough start to the week for sure. Uh, watched a little golf, but not too much to be honest.
0: Good stuff, but good stuff. And how uh, how did uh, how did Sabrine feel about the teeth being out?
1: <laughs> so I came home and Sabrine hadn't looked at my text yet. I sent a pic of me all bloody and and teeth gone, and I came home and was like, "Hey, have you looked at your phone?" She's like, "No, she's she's up with Theo. Theo woke up." Like eleven thirty, and she she just felt bad. She she didn't like. She wasn't mad. She wasn't any of that. She didn't. She was fine with it. But my mom, she was like not losing sleep over it. So I sent a pic to my family group chat, and my mom didn't sleep that night basically. And she messaged her cousin who's a dentist or surgeon or something in the states, and was texting me all this stuff, and just wasn't having a good time. But Sabrina didn't lose any sleep. She didn't really care. (laughs) Uh, and then, then I got my teeth fixed and all, all was good. You
2: should have left it. You look like Lloyd from dumb and dumber.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. I should have rocked it for a few days, but the exposed nerve was, was starting to hurt a little bit. So I had to get that covered up.
0: Yeah. Teeth, teeth pain and nerve pain in your mouth is nothing to, uh, be ashamed of. That stuff hurts a lot.
1: Uh, so my, my, my Saturday was buying a cage for my. For my hockey playing career because i got a playoff game tomorrow and i'm not missing that i'm i'm back on the ice so yeah it's, Caging fair, it's it very, up, though.
0: very soft very soft to wear a cage but i guess you got to do what you got to do as a father
1: it is it is don't like it i'm gonna lose that vi- that vision that i had as a puck moving defenseman with the with the visor but we'll battle through seeing yeah. some bars
0: Hey Titty, what'd you get up to this weekend
2: yeah, really quick before I go to my weekend, Bray. Did they give you like that Tordal stuff? Did they give that to you in a bottle? Like, can can you take pills home and all that?
1: Yeah, well, they don't. They didn't give it to me at the dentist. They gave me a prescription to go to a pharmacy <laughs> and get it. Oh, that's nasty. I'd be popping that to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, not my,
2: that strong. It's not. <laughs> that. My my weekend was good. Uh, we had what did I have? Bill Burr Friday Friday night. After work, saw him live. Awesome show. The only thing I'm gonna talk a little shit behind. Uh, so I brought my friend Trevor, our friend Trevor, and then we. I couldn't find anybody, so Trevor invited his other buddy. And certain people don't belong at comedy shows. When when a comedian makes a joke, just laugh. You don't need to commentate the entire time. Every time he made a joke, he was like, he was like, oh my god, yeah, that's so true, and it drove me <laughs> fucking insane. So um I wanted to reach over and smack him in the back of the head, but I just put up with it. And then he I think he kind of toned it down um about halfway through the show. But after that, Saturday went to the Canucks game, Canucks Boston with Mike. Uh that was an awesome game. The the first period they look like shit. And then the third, like they just couldn't score forever. Um, but the boys are insane this year. So tied it up with less than a minute to go, I think two, two, and yeah. then one in no and me and Mike were going fucking berserk in there. So, uh, yeah, the arena was insanely loud. It was awesome. So, and then Sunday went up to Whistler, uh, went skiing with the parents. First time I've been skiing this year. And I think I only went up four times last year. The worst part about skiing, and it's kind of the case probably with a lot of sports is, you think you're just flying and you have this vision of how good you are. And then my dad took a video of me to like, try to help me with certain turns. So I'm like better in the trees and it's so embarrassing. You're barely moving. I thought I was carving (laughs) through the snow and I was moving like four miles an hour. So um, yeah, but worked on the turns and that's all good. And then I got another Canucks game tomorrow. So I'm going to go see the Canucks pens. So awesome weekend expensive
0: sounds like like a phenomenal weekend
2: yeah it's been great it's been awesome
1: the best part is is when you're skiing i guess yeah speed's one thing but when you hit a jump and you think you're eight feet in the air and then someone (laughs) records it and you're like six inches off the ground
2: (laughs) it feels like you're in the air for so much longer than you are though yeah
0: all right now we're gonna move on to the special guest of the evening he was our teammate at sfu he was a roommate of ours in Phoenix. He is the only man I know to uh, successfully remember all countries in the world for fun. Brett Thompson, how are you doing today, buddy?
3: I'm all right. Nice introduction. Uh, it wasn't for fun. It was procrastination of uh, studying for finals. I'm kind of nervous
2: right now. I'm not going to lie. And three up-and-coming superstars. You're on a big show. You should be nervous. Nerves are good, though. Embrace them, right? Embrace,
0: embrace the nerves. What did you get up to this weekend?
2: I tried to behave.
3: Uh, Saturday, spent most of the day with Dara. It was much um, like Frank the Tank and, um, old school. Old school, thank you. Where, like, what did you get get up to this weekend? You know, went to Home Depot, went to Costco superstore. Uh, we made some dinner. Got her into Harry Potter kind of pumped about, Um, so behaved pretty well on Saturday. And then Sunday had Beer League at 9.15, you know, played probably the worst Beer League game of my entire career and proceeded to have about 15 beverages and show up at 2.30 in the morning. And Dara was still up and not too happy about that one.
2: How many goals did you let in? I gave up 10. It was a 10 spot.
1: (laughs) Oh my (laughs) god. Let's kick him (laughs) off the Zoom call. We're not doing this right now. That that double bucket so,
3: It was it was it was bad. It was it was really, really bad. The game before that was one of the best games of my career. Please tell but, me that's a I team you a game, regularly you know, play for and don't sub for. I, I played for them, yeah. They were okay. They were fine with it. I mean relatively fine. We and we lost 10-9. That was the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> oh my we, we tied up with with uh we tied it up eight eight and I'm like, fuck it. I'm good. And then they score like 10 seconds later. Fuck hey. Okay. Score again. There's like five minutes left. Now nine nine. I'm like, I got this. I'm finally calm. And then the, the last goal, it's just atrocious.
0: They should have I just know. played with it it, 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 was, it, was, it was
3: worse than Craig. Uh Craig's bowling ability comparative to the <laughs> nine year old
2: uh handicapped uh, fellow in An uh, I, I don't want
3: to get canceled. Um I did. yeah. That's yeah, so that good. was that was awesome, and then today awesome. uh, kind of kept going a bit.
1: I love it. Sorry, Mike. There's before a... before we get yeah. to to Mike's weekend, I I had a question for Craig. When did you start getting into drinking raw eggs for breakfast? Can you can you elaborate on this? Because I have seen some snaps, and you're just crushing three eggs in a cup. That's it. That's just that's your dog. That that's the man shit right there.
2: Yeah. So what it is is. I don't wake up on time for work. I'm one of the pieces of shit that snoozes their alarm 15 times. And I always don't eat breakfast. So like I I usually grab a power bar or something and eat that in in the car on the way to work. And I've seen people on TikTok doing it. I think salmonella from raw eggs is a radical ploy from the radical left. And I don't think it actually exists because I've been drinking raw eggs now for probably about seven days, six days. And I felt great. Like I get four eggs in me within 10 seconds. It's awesome. It's such a cheat code to life. So uh, if you want to look like me and you want to get in shape, start start crushing raw eggs out of a glass.
0: It's one of the more manly things that you've ever done. So I am super proud of you.
2: Yeah, I still won't try an oyster, though. Those are icky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, uh, my weekend was a little tame. My highlight of it was going to the Canucks Bruins game with Craig. Thank you for those tickets again. We had a great time. We, uh, I was working after the game though, so I unfortunately couldn't have that many beers at the game due to some liability issues. So we, uh, kept it pretty tame, but it was a great game.
2: I got one comment on Brett's weekend. So for those for listeners that don't know Brett, Brett said he had a pretty tame weekend or some something like that. A tame weekend for Brett. Each night is ten beers, probably. So, that'll uh, take six. J- there we go. Sorry, six beers. Yeah, nice and easy. As he <laughs> as he drinks a beer.
0: I will come to Brett's aid and say that he does live in. In, in the biggest shithole in Canada, possibly. So, your um, fucking
3: ass down, man.
0: So, there is, like... It was there nice is to see a, you a couple to weeks ago. That much. <laughs> All right. Today, we're talking Mexico Open. We're talking Bryson. We're talking Joaquin Neiman getting invited to the Masters. Charlie Woods and his pre-Q. And then we're just going to do our regular betting and cancel culture. So, let's uh let's start with the Mexico Open. Craig, did you watch any golf this weekend?
2: I would rather jump off the second arrow's bridge than watch the Mexico Open, but I did watch the highlights. I don't have a whole lot on it. The one thing I took from the highlights I watched is Nap's short game is fucking filthy. He Around the greens, he hit some nasty little pitch shots, like high-low spinners. Obviously, he drives it insanely well, and that's what he's known for, but I was really impressed with him around the greens. Yeah, Mike, was, did you... That was
0: one thing that i took from it too he did not have his best stuff in the fourth round he i think he hit like two or three fairways and his First short career
3: to only hit two fairways and win and
0: win
1: yeah wow, wow. two fairways in, in round four mike was it you that picked him as your rookie of the year yes it is i was yeah. gonna comment on that but i'm, off, that's I'm nice. off to a
0: hot start
1: won't lie i didn't watch thursday friday or saturday but Sunday I threw it on for a little bit just because he's he started off struggling. Uh Mike threw it in uh our, our group chat that he hit an, hit an absolute snipe hook on three, I think. But this was following hooks on one and two. He had the lefts going early. Snipe hook on three into the water. And uh that's that's when you know like he's he's gonna be how old is he? Almost 30, but he's still gonna be a force to be reckoned with on tour because he like show up to round four flew in his girlfriend or or his girlfriend flew in I don't know who chose to make that decision but that's like a little bit of added pressure you start off the first couple of holes struggling and then you find a way to to seal the victory because he certainly didn't have it on Sunday but I did look at his round three scoring this guy's a flusher tita Green like he oh, is yeah. maybe Scotty 2.0 uh, although he does look like he he's got the putting a little more dialed than Scotty but this guy can certainly hit the golf ball and hit it a long way too he can move it. Yeah, I think he led
0: the led the field in driving distance this week and that's not surprising. He he cooks it and his swing is so smooth for how yeah. far he hits it. Yeah, so he's got a good action. I will say that with a four-shot lead on Sunday, you better win if you're flying your girlfriend in and for a second there it looked a little dicey. Mm-hmm. So I am happy for him that he uh was able to rally and get that done cuz that you can't you can't fly in your girlfriend and then lose a tournament.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is so much better when the family's there, girlfriends there, wives there, kids, whatever. But if you're going for your first PGA Tour event, is it worth that added pressure? She she lives in Canada. Flying her into Mexico with a four-shot lead, like only bad things can happen from there. Obviously, unless you close it out, which is what happened. But if you don't, is the benefit of her being there worse? Or does that outweigh the like worst feeling of losing it.
0: No. Yeah, so I'll say I'll say this coming from somebody who played decently high level when you get into that situation and you have a chance to win and you have a four shot lead and whatnot, your nerves are already heightened to the degree where that extra person is not going to make that big of a difference. Like it's going to be so minuscule. But with that said, uh, if he lost, I would be I would be making a big deal about it. <laughs> um tamp do you get up to any golf this weekend do you watch anything do you play anything i know it's tough to to play golf in winnipeg about nine months of the year but uh,
3: I, did, I did play some golf actually and i shot 86 on a 6200 yard course played from the blues not mean the tips uh boy, charlie but, yeah <laughs> inspiration <laughs> meanwhile uh mike's brother nick sent me a message today shot 71 dash one on a 7200 yard course on that. the track man um Made me feel good about my golf game. Mike is a uh, sneaky good player. He is. He he's played professional events before, even though he <laughs> just signed up. Didn't really have any actual reason to. Um, and then I did watch the final round or parts of it at least. Um, basically when Mike put in our group chat saying, "Did you see that shot?" I tried to get to a TV and it was bad golf. Yeah. If you yeah. if you were a non like a casual fan, you didn't. Really understand the whole pressure elements of it, you'd be like, "What the fuck are we watching?" But because of that, it was actually kind of fun to watch. Um, totally. Yeah, like I th- the nap almost shanked one on like twelve or thirteen, like bladed it. Yeah. And that's after uh, I think Val Mackie hit hole before, hit it in the water, and Nap hit it the same line, like same direction, but missed hit so bad it was short of the water. For someone yeah. who led the field in uh, ball speed and driving distance.
0: We've we've all been there where you don't have your best stuff, and you know you hit you hit a couple quick lefts to start the day, and then you overcompensate, and then you start hitting it high right, and it seemed like Nap was just going back and forth with the low snap hook, and then the low heel, and then the high draw, and then the high slice. <laughs> it was tough to watch.
3: Well, Mike, you remember my practice round twenty like fifteen Canadian amateur? I do. Uh, I think I shanked it seven times to the the point where where, where Ralph Bell was like, what the fuck are we watching right now? Uh, I remember uh,
2: sending you a YouTube instructional video on how to not (laughs) shank it. And you were like, thank you, Craig. That (laughs) helps so much. I I use it on the range the next morning, like before the round.
3: Stood so far away from the golf ball, trying to get anything but heal.
0: That is honestly one of the better um, mental... Feats of accomplishment I've ever seen because if I remember right, you played pretty good the next day and you shanked probably half of your iron shots in that practice round. Where I was like worried that you would maybe shoot in the hundreds,
3: I was, I think I shot one over the next round, which considering wasn't bad. And then I like the the second round, I i was so proud of myself because, like, at the fourth hole of the second round, I shanked it on part of three, uh, like 210 yard part of three, like, into the trees, then got up and down from the trees from 90 yards for par. And I felt dialed and then I proceeded to go like seven over my next eight.
0: A little bit of news from Liv this week. We had some comments from Bryson regarding the official golf world rankings. Uh, Bray, do you want to touch on what was said a little bit and just give your thoughts on if you think these guys should be generating uh, OWGR points?
1: Yeah. So on the second part of that, whether they should be getting OWGR points... I'm okay if they did. I don't know how you would do it at this point. But if you haven't seen this clip, uh, go search it out. Bryson's just talking out of his ass. Basically, he said, OWGR has these requirements that any tour, not just live tour, any tour needs to fulfill for a year before they can start getting OW- OWGR points, which uh, for those that don't know, you need those basically to get into majors and get into bigger events. And that's why guys on live want the OWGR to recognize them. Bryson said they met those requirements, and that they haven't. Like they simply have not done that. And I don't know what the hell Bryson's talking about. They're still 54 holes, no cut. Which, whatever. I don't care if it's 36, 54, 72. OWGR says they need to be 70, 72 hole events with cuts um that's fine I don't really care about that but the big thing for me is it's a closed loop there's guys on live they did have a few spots that you could qualify in that's cool the problem is there's guys in there that are just locked in on the tour that have these guaranteed contracts that they have no way of falling out of live unless they just get kicked out but there's no formal process there's no qualifying in there's no Q school other than a few spots it's just kind of a big mystery box and that's that's a big thing for me as to why they shouldn't get OWGR points is it's just kind of a closed loop system so so. yeah but on the Bryson thing Bryson's a very exciting player I want to see him in majors he is in majors he won the US Open a few years ago so he's in but he in interviews he just comes across so arrogant sometimes and it and he just says stuff that simply isn't true. Like it just isn't true. I don't know what who he's trying to fool here. It's just not he, they didn't meet the requirements. So I don't know what he's yeah. doing.
2: To kind yeah. of play devil's advocate Points. there a little bit. The one thing is the I get the Bryson's argument in the sense that like the OWGR's responsibility is to identify the best players in the world. And we're pretty certain that like Ron Bryson and all those guys are within like the top 50 players in the world. But but you can't just make like this make-believe tour with its own Mm -hmm. rules, like you said, and no qualifying process. And then it makes it hard to identify exactly where they are. So if you can't do Mm -hmm. that and you can't follow the criteria, there's no sense in assigning like a number to them. Like it's just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't work. I don't think he really, him and maybe some other guys on that tour really grasp that concept. And they're, yeah, yeah, they're being just stubborn little cunts about it, for sure.
0: I I fully agree with you. Before I go to Brett, I'll, I'll just comment this, that what you guys said is entirely true. But I think regardless of where your stance is on if you think they should get points or not, I don't think you can argue that professional golf is better without them. Like, it is better to have these guys that are playing on live play in the biggest tournaments. It's good for golf, and it makes it more exciting.
1: Yeah, 100%. yeah, but I I a hundred percent agree. Go, like golf sucks when it's split, but name a guy on live that's not in the majors that you'd want to see in the majors. The top guys are already in DJ Bryson, uh Cam Smith. I don't know. Name name a guy that you really want to see yeah. play the Masters. It's well, yeah. not there. True. Joaquin well, Neiman a... is now like he he mm-hmm. whined enough where the masters is like, yeah, here you go. Take take an bad? invite
3: is he is he gonna be in He'll probably be like in the masters
2: but it'll probably fall off by the british with with that cycle yeah yeah, the, yeah that's the issue is a lot of the guys will be phased out and even though they're still realistically a top 50 player in the world yeah over time they're gonna get phased out of those events right
1: yeah yeah but that's part of the they had to weigh that when they were making the the, the decision to go to live it's like here, take $100 million or $50 million, whatever your contract is. Plus, you playing for big purses every week, too. Mm-hmm. Or not every week. They don't play that often 13 to 15 times or however however many events they actually have. Um, but yeah, you might not get to play in the Masters. If you want to qualify for the US Open, British Open, there's ways to do that. You can go play Asian Tour events. Like we just saw our, our buddy, Jared, almost do it two weeks ago. Uh, playing an Asian tour event, and David, we did, and he's on live. So there's ways to get in. Um But if you're just, if you go to live, accept all the money and be like, Hey, we have good guys on this tour. We should get OWGR points. Well, the live should have freaking just met the requirements when they were making the tour. You can't just start a little close circle jerk league and be like, Hey, we have good guys. We want points, but you can't just do that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Good points. Now now they have all the players. Just all you have to do is meet their requirements. Just get out of get out of your own way if you're in charge of LIV and mm-hmm. adjust it. Just adjust it like by next season if it's not adjusted, they're shooting themselves in the foot.
0: Tompy, I know you've been a little vocal against LIV. Do you have any take on the OWGR and just your overall thoughts on uh, LIV golf?
3: Fuck Bryson. Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> um, Why? And in, in his defense,
2: like just Paige Spiranac like says he's
3: awesome. <laughs> so um
0: he's super smart. Yeah.
3: <laughs> he's such a cunt. I fucking hate him so much. Um, even if he if he had the most valid argument about them getting uh uh world ranking points, I'd still just disagree because it's him. Um, beyond Wait, oh,
1: like before you on, un- like go on to the next <laughs> thing, why do you hate him so much? You just said you all just developed like, why? It just like he.
3: I, I don't think he's that smart. He just plays that personality and likes to yeah. show it off to gain fucking views and attention with all the shit he's doing. Like, he just it's an extreme just for fucking clicks and like his ego essentially. I'm going to sure?
0: Are you sure it's not because he's a successful white male?
2: <laughs> yeah, Brett is the most liberal one here for sure. Correct. Libtard. Um, I disagree. <laughs> I think he's he's no yeah, he, he plays the scientist thing up so much, but the like PJ back when he was on the PJ, they would buy into that 100%. But he's the first one to kind of go on YouTube and like start all that and he was like pushing out content. Like he's a pretty good yeah, he just uh, but like he just likes the ego getting fucking padded. That, yeah.
3: That's in my opinion. Yeah, so does Tiger. Yeah. Everyone does to <laughs> an extent. I think Bryson just searches it out like a whore. Yeah, he is. He is an attention whore. You know, it's beyond that. They should like it's same it's, it's, it's basically a toned down version of what Bray said. It's they probably do deserve to get points, but they're not doing anything towards it. I also just don't like live. I've tried to watch it twice. I'm including when, when uh, two of you were in Winnipeg. Cough, cough. Um, but I didn't enjoy the product at all. It just yeah. seemed like an exhibition. There was no context. The leaderboard distracted the fuck out of me. Maybe it's because I have ADHD, but I hated it. I know a lot of people actually like that part of it. You were overstimmied? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, just, I can understand what was going on. It was too much. <laughs> um, or it could have been the fucking 15 beers.
0: but. Yeah. Maybe a little, maybe a little mixture of both, but uh, let's move on to one of the things that I am more excited to talk about. And I'm going to start with Craig here. We're going to talk about Charlie Woods and his pre-Q. How hard do you think it is being Tiger Woods' son when you have all this media and you have these fake fans following you around because you, they love your dad? Like how hard do you think that is for a kid his age?
2: Yeah, it's obviously impossible. I think the biggest thing is the thing that pisses me off the most is how much people compare him to like the top 15-year-olds in the world. That that part's kind of stupid because it's not like he is online saying he's the best and he's like stoking his own ego. And even Tiger's not really doing that with Charlie that much. He's tried to keep him somewhat out of the spotlight and kind of put him in. I think Tiger's doing a really good job. I think he's put him in some uncomfortable situations and put probably pushed him outside his comfort zone, but he's not. Overhyping his kid or anything like how his dad probably was, but granted, with Tiger, there was that hype and he was the best 15 year old in the world. Um, that being said, I, I thought it was insane for him to play a, a pre qualifier, I just thought that was definitely overstepping. Like, you're he's not dominating the junior circuits. Why are you trying to play on the PGA Tour already? I don't know, it didn't make sense, but at the same time experience is always good and if golf is something he's going to pursue in the long run maybe it's it's going to be a good thing um 86 has to hurt the ego a little bit though for sure
0: yeah that's a little tough um i'm going to open this up to either brett or bray did you see the report that came out that i think charlie maybe hit one out of bounds and there were fans searching for his ball looking for an autograph or something like that can either be a comment on that
3: Uh, I think that's probably the fucking media reporter trying to get... uh, To me, that didn't make sense that that could actually happen. But if it did, that's fucking astounding. Yeah, that's probably the writer just fucking... Knowing if they exaggerate a bit, hyperbolize that, they're going to get a lot of attention.
0: Yeah. How many people did he have
3: following uh, him? A ton, apparently, yeah. 50-ish. Oh.
1: Is what time. I what I heard. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm I heard a couple watch.
3: hundred, but I, I could be also just once again the writer just fooled me.
1: I was, am. A, uh,
3: I I, was, like, I get taken down Tiger, easily.
0: Tiger wasn't on the bag for him, was he?
3: I have no idea. I actually don't I actually think he don't was. There's no chance. I think that would have been reported on. Yeah, you would have seen pictures yeah. and shit of that. Yeah. Um. I he. I know. Did he not make a twelve? Is Craig out
2: of the fucking <laughs> fucking basement for one whole score? Can I can I tell the second? So I told the first 11 story. Do we have time? Can I tell the second 11 story? Yeah, I
0: think the viewers would love to hear that.
2: All right. So this was the same year, freshman year. Actually, not the next tournament, but two tournaments later. So this was at regionals in the, I don't know, first or second round. And I'm playing with a guy from Western Washington. And I think I sprayed a drive. I, I'm i not going to be able to add this up to an 11, but it was an 11, despite what the Western Washington guy says. So... I sprayed a drive and I think I hit the second one. I think it was a par five and I hit it left with a three wood or something. Anyway, I'm in the left trees. And it's one of those situations where you have a, like your ball is there. You find your ball and it's playable, but you probably shouldn't play it. And I try to play it out of the trees and it doesn't get out. And then I take like another whack at it and another whack at it. And anyway, whatever, get to the green. I'm fucking pissed off, knock it in. And I'm coming off the the hole and the guy keeping my scorecards like, Ugh. Dude, what was that? And I'm just like, "Uh, I don't know. Like, I need a sec. I got to count that. And so I go through it, and I'm like, 11? And he's like, are you sure it wasn't 12? (laughs) I just look at him like, I don't know, man. I counted 11. And he's trying to go through it with me and relive all the shots. At what point, as a scorer, are you just like, you know what? Just give, fuck it. Make it a 10. And this guy's trying to grind me on it being a 12. So fuck that guy. Hopefully,
1: he's uh, got AIDS now. (laughs) I mean, if you're not going to count that day anyway, if you're the five guy on the five count score five count four uh, team event, like it doesn't matter if you make a twelve or a nineteen. Like you should have just gone for the record here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair point. On 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 Charlie's thing, it's not like Tiger is LeBron where he's talking up his kid like. Saying that Ronnie Jr. is already better than some guys in the NBA and could can beat them even though he's still in college and all this stuff. Like Tiger's not doing that. Uh yeah. him playing in the pre-Q, I have no problem with that. Anyone can go sign up for a pre-qualifier. Yeah, he's not dominating high school events or junior events, but like experience doesn't hurt, even if it's bad. It's just like, oh well, like shot in the 80s, everyone's done it. Who cares? Um the people following him, I I don't really care. Like it's Tiger Woods' son. People care about what he's doing. They think Tiger was good. Therefore he could be the next best thing. Even if he's not, he's still a big story. So I don't really care if people are, are, uh, are out there following him, but yeah, we, like Brett was talking about the, the articles or whatever, searching for clicks. That's just the the day and age we live in. People are searching for their, for their clicks and views and all that and going to hyperbolize things. Um, but I don't really care. I, I wanted to see as as much as the next person. I wanted to see what he was shooting so much more than what was going on in Mexico. So
0: yeah, yeah. I think that's just the power of the last name, which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna change things up a bit here. So if you don't know Brett at all, he is one of the most interesting golfers to play with because he's either gonna hit it <laughs> really good and shoot a really low number or he's going to hit it like shit, and he's still going to shoot a really low number. (laughs) Um, And I just want to ask him if he remembers. Do you remember your first tryout at SFU when you uh, played VGC and JB was there?
3: Uh, Vaguely, not really. Um, I think it was something along the lines of, thank God he can putt. That was kind of the whole synopsis (laughs) of my fucking college career. But tell the story I, i'm not i think i played with jordan melanson my first round
0: he played yeah. with me and jordan melanson and i remember and i love you to death but i remember coming off that course and i was and jb asked me what i thought about you and i was like this guy can't hit the ball <laughs> i think he still shot pretty well but uh, like jb was like how's his ball straight i was like he doesn't have he, he just doesn't have it <laughs> <laughs> and uh I I am glad to say that uh, you proved everybody wrong because you were one of the best players at SFU for a very long time.
3: Don't know how the ball is striking, but...
0: (laughs) Get away with it. You know, to be fair, I... uh, Yeah, that
3: actually was very nice. Someone was crying. Uh, I also felt the same thing. I think I played with Craig his first round. And I thought the guy (laughs) had a fucking mental disorder.
2: (laughs) You were right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're not far <laughs> off uh, I haven't been diagnosed but I think you said one word the entire time yeah I was playing with you JBOD and EJ I don't know who our fourth was but I shot six over on the front I think and probably didn't hit a single green and then shot five under on the back probably hitting five greens nasty back nine you shot five under on the back don't remember that
1: one Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow Wow. State news. Yeah. So I, I came to SFU a little later than these guys. Um, Mike, was that when you were playing with Brett, was that a qualifying round for tournament or was this tryouts for the golf? No, team? this
0: was like, this was like a, I think he was already on the team, but it was like, I think he might have not been on the team, but JB wanted to know what uh, I thought of his game. So he, he did this a couple times when he just put me out with him just to like get a feel of what I thought like he was capable of. And at the time, I, I thought he was capable of very little. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: But I was on the team already.
3: Anyway. I was on the team. I didn't, I think John and I, and actually, Hutch is a story we can talk about. But like, we got recruited without JB seeing us at all. Basically, just like, like, so yeah, come join the team. I'll give you no money and you got to pay for everything, but come on in. And we did. Um, Hutch, on the other hand, was the opposite. We all thought Hutch was going to be. He was the cockiest fucking guy. And then <laughs> his first range session, we're all just staring like jerking off at his swing. It was so fluid. And then turns out how
2: had, had had his ups and downs on the golf team, I'd say. Yeah. He he showed up to nationals. So in our practice round, uh Jordan Hutchings, he was uh a recruit at the time, and he was like for sure coming into the program. And he showed up to the practice round, and we're all like playing and he's like telling us. We're, we didn't even ask. And he's telling us that he hits his 3-wood three like 330 yards. <laughs> he never misses a fairway. Like Flies private jets. The most absurd shit you could possibly imagine. Convince
3: a girl that to go on a date with him because she thought that he owned a private jet because he had a picture like by one of the small planes that looked like a jet that, I don't know what happened, but it was not his, obviously. Um, turns out he's like the fucking smartest guy out of all of us now.
1: He's the, he was the original Tinder swindler where he used that as his Tinder (laughs) profile. Some like small town Windsor, like aviation center. And he just stood in front of a plane and got a nice picture where he looks good with his flow and, uh, yeah, I use that. But, uh, Brett, I wanted to ask about how you like your junior golf career and how you got to SFU, what, what kind of your journey was ever since you picked up a club, basically.
3: Since I picked up a club, I just played a lot of golf with my dad when I was growing up and then was a member of a club for a long time and was always had a really, really bad golf swing, I'd say, but could always putt and got better, won some MJTs, Mm -hmm. and then uh, was looking for a place to go play college and couldn't really find anywhere that would... I, there's a few places I could have went in the states, which was the goal, obviously. I think all of us had that at one point, but couldn't uh, find a spot that financially was worth it. It was a lot of like half scholarships, where mm-hmm. if you're in the states as a Canadian, um, yeah. you're still paying twenty to thirty grand, and that's half of your tuition for the year plus board. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, JB, just kind of talked to him a bit. He's like, "Yeah, you can, uh, you can come on in." Never saw me play saw results and some probably shitty youtube video that might still be up about uh <laughs> it's like you, you used to have to make like college recruiting videos so it'd be yeah. just like your swing face on your swing fucking <laughs> down the line i might have to find it and put it up there but and then like rolling pots and i just make everything obviously like eighth edit um but then yeah walked on and very happy that word i almost left sfu not i didn't almost but i thought about trying to transfer
2: so yeah, cocky. Trying to leave us. I remember I that. Was. In, yeah, in your second year, you were trying to go to. After, it was after Idaho my second or year, something. Yeah. yeah. Um.
0: And then and JB's "Yeah." Like, didn't if? Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you, um, stuff Minji Lee in Australia as a junior golfer?
3: <laughs> no way. <laughs> no. <laughs> Met her. Those are two different words.
2: Uh, oh, it was, it and and met okay, her. Okay, okay. Yeah, met her in the bathroom, She <laughs> swallowed your fucking load.
3: That's all very incorrect. And in
2: <laughs> case your lawyers hear this, it's
3: all fucking not me. <laughs> that's bad. Uh No, met her, and she like she was 14 years old. Shot like 62, Ooh. first round of, of this tournament, and that's where. There was a lot of, like in that tournament. There's probably five people now. They're like sick professional golfers, Uh, and I was lucky enough to be there with them. But yeah, I think I shot like 85 first round. Blamed it on the jet lag. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, we're, you might have to edit that part out. To be honest, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I did. Try I tried to leave, but I wanted to leave. I was so cocky after my like one good tournament finish, uh, top ten Canadian amateur, no big deal. Um, and then JB's like, "Yeah, you'll sit the entire year if you try and leave." And then I was like, "Okay, I'll play." So I stayed, and very happy I did, obviously for multiple reasons. Nice. Most of all, you guys.
2: JB was a cutthroat bastard. He called me (laughs) in my third year and was like. Hey, you haven't really done anything. I'm thinking of cutting you. I better see you out on the driving <laughs> range soon. I was like, "Holy shit." And then I I got better my fourth year. Yeah.
1: He was he was he an old guy. One. He he wasn't like a knowledgeable. He a uh, yeah, he was a manager. He wasn't knowledgeable about golf or the golf game, but he was like Craig said cutthroat. Like he he would tell you how it is. So, one I, of my I... You go ahead, Bray. Well, yeah, the first time I when I came to SFU, I played a tournament in Bellingham, I think. Yeah, Be- Bellingham M. So this was not a college event. This was an amateur event in Bellingham, Washington, just across the border uh, a few days before school started, I guess. So a few of us on the team went down. This was a good way to to meet everyone. I got to meet the the infamous Hutch, who had the, the plane pick on Tinder and a bunch of the guys. But uh, JB was down there, and um, we—he was out there watching me play, and a little bit of this, and he just asked me some questions about my game, and i, I played all right, I think. I forget what I shot, um, but I, I remember having a really bad opening tee shot, and I was talking to m- to him about first tee nerves and how like how that's kind of impacted me, and uh, I've struggled with that over my career. And he asked me a question and it really took me off guard. He asked me if I was religious and I was like, (laughs) uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I guess so a little bit. He was like, Oh, okay, never mind." I was like, Oh no, no, no. Like, I guess I'm not religious. Like, don't worry about it. He said, okay, on the first tee, just say, fuck it. Like, just go for it. (laughs) And, uh, you just like called it how it is. I was like, okay, I don't really know how to interpret it, but I'll just, uh, next time on the first tee, I'll just say, fuck it. And just forget everything. And, (laughs) and go for it but yeah jv was was a beauty not With the most knowledgeable scottish, scottish yeah heavy accent. heavy scottish accent just yeah okay couldn't understand it in my first year no one, yeah. you needed subtitles
2: one last quick note on jb you knew you were battling your swing and demons when that guy a 76 year old ex soccer coach came up to you and started giving you swing tips on the golf course that's when you were like <laughs> i'm in trouble <laughs> it's um uh,
0: bray I, will... I know you have a very uh specific story that you want to touch on can we can we go there
1: i uh i wanted to ask brett about um and and i think we should leave the person who uh did this his name out of it um but touch. brett we were in a class together I think it was gerontology. It was just like a throwaway class. Like we have our Correct. obviously it was, like, we, we
3: needed to, like some sort of humanitarian credit. Exactly. I Told everyone it was a GPA
1: booster. Yeah. It was supposed to be. It, it was supposed to be, be, but it pretty fucking no, it, hard actually. But anyway, uh Brett is notorious for procrastinating, would rather uh just go on his countries of the world thing and I don't know, do, do other shit than than do his homework. So he left. A uh, essay to the very last minute, and was writing it at practice. And Brett, do you want to take over from here? And what happened and the fallout from it? Probably leave the yeah. teammate. That was
3: it? it? Uh, I, I will. Yeah, like you said, uh, it's all it's all the ADHD. It's actually not me. Blame it all on a disease. <laughs> but um, yeah, left everything the last minute. And I think this paper. I think it was either due at midnight, or like eight thirty the next morning. One of the two. And we practiced. We practiced like. Fucking the weirdest times. It was like eight to ten PM Tuesday night, just in the dark off fucking concrete at the range. Um pissing rain, like four degrees in January. Probably like March or at this point. Um but yeah, started writing the paper like that day and was like halfway through it at the range. So I was like hitting balls and then going sitting like right for five minutes. Um and I have gotten away with this in the past, like just writing shit, whatever. And I I Never, I just the ego is too big. I'm like, I, I can spell. Don't need to spell check it. Don't need to grammar check it. Submitted this paper. I think it was 2,500 words, and the grade came back like two weeks later. And I was like, yeah, I, I did fine. I kind of I'm all good. And looked, and it was like, it ended up being it was like 42 percent or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like that's never happened before. Every time I do this Pro- procrastination thing, it's like. 65, 70 to 80, somewhere in there. And I read it and it's like, it was something along the lines that it wasn't well bad uh, minus the sexual comment. It's like, what the fuck? There's no idea what's going on. And I go back and like the second paragraph, it's like this paper will now discuss, I have a massive erection. <laughs> and it's like I have a massive erection and Alzheimer's disease it was some shit like that (laughs) because the paper was like on alzheimer's i'm pretty sure um so i i go and i like send an email to see it and this is an online course we don't see anyone in person so i send an email and this person i know craig can probably get himself canceled i don't want to say too much but was very left-wing um don't want to yeah anyways was not bulging and basically said that i would be, if I, like, push it further, she'd bring it up and, like, say it was sexual harassment, and, like, bring it to the fucking whole SFU disciplinary bullshit. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was a that was a tough one. And then I went to the dean, and the dean was, like, the same way. It's just, like, apparently all these fucking elective humanitarian courses are just, you can't say one wrong thing,
2: even though it was it even me. I, how clueless was she to not know that's a prank? Like, no, yeah, she, she was... did. And, uh, she she she
3: agreed that it was someone else, but it's at the end of the day, it's on me. But then I'm like, that if you if you agree it's someone else, then it can't be sexual harassment. Like it's not me doing it. It's negligence on my part, but it's not actually. Anyways, that was, that was a tough one. And then we proceeded. We were the final worth we like thirty percent, and it was like, who was our? F- we had four people in the class. It was like you John. and me, Ray C- Craig. And John. I think John, yeah. Was it John? I don't know. Anyways, we bought one textbook at the beginning of the year, and we didn't study. There was, like, no test for this thing throughout the year. We didn't study once. And then the night before the 30% final exam, we had to go through the entire fucking textbook and learn the entire course. So we ripped the textbook into four parts, physically cut it up, (laughs) passed each other different quarters of the book, and then after, like, 25 minutes would pass it around. I think I scraped <laughs> out of that course with a C minus. <laughs> Good
0: That's
2: <GPA> booster. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, what a story! Do you have a? Uh... We'll end on we'll end on this for questions I'm going to ask you tonight. But do you have a favorite story from either SFU or when we lived in Arizona? Uh,
3: I have, There's too many to be honest. But the has a shot card story been discussed yet?
2: No, I don't think so. No.
3: That is one of my favorite stories. It, like about a from about a billion, but it's Monday. The story has changed a bunch over the years, but it is Monday at. I think my class is at two thirty. Um, Craig didn't live on campus, obviously, but he would stay with us all the time or just hang out. Um, he'd say he's going to class and then just not go and just hang out the entire day. Um, I got Craig to drive me across campus, like it's probably like a twelve minute walk. But instead, I got him to drive me to my class on the other side of campus in my own car because I didn't want to walk. And then I proceed to walk back after. So it's at this point, it's 4.30 or 5 on a Monday. And I left my, Craig had my keys to my car. So I didn't have the fob to get into the townhouse. And I knock on the door and no one answers. Knock on the door again. No one answers. Knock on again. And then John answers the door and his face just melted. It's it's gone already. He can barely speak English. It's like five p.m. on a Monday, and what the fuck's going on? I'm like, are you drinking? He's like, no, I'm good. And like, walk in, and the first thing I see is the sink just overflowing with old milk cans. Um, and we didn't have beer in the house the day before, so I was very confused. Um, anyways, end up finding they created the most ingenious game ever, which is um. They were playing multiplayer Call of Duty, split screen, and you you could handicap or you'd play straight up and you'd play a gun game. And whoever had, didn't have the least amount of kills would have the shotgun. But they played two people on like a three-hour period and were just twisted at 5 p.m. and proceeded like, we want to keep going. And I'm like, I'll play. So then I proceeded to drive us to the liquor store, get more beer, go back, and, and then uh, continue playing. And that game became a staple for us for the next three years. We'd play that almost every pregame, it felt like. Um, I was pretty disappointed we actually didn't get it going to pick, but next makes time. Me,
0: makes me sad just thinking about those times.
3: <clears throat> just destroying letters, watching people fall down steps and get ambulances calling them. And...
0: <laughs> Bray, do you want to uh, take over for the betting from last week and go through
1: sure. our bets? I will. At first, because I haven't been able to do this on the podcast yet, I'm taking a victory lap from two weeks ago when oh, yeah. I took Justin Thomas. Or nope, I did not take Justin Thomas. I took Tiger and Jordan Spieth to miss the cut, and those <laughs> bets were both awarded victories, baby. Come on, victories! And that Spieth miss cut was five to one, so not too shabby. But let me run through how we're doing on the season right now we're betting 10 units a week and Craig and Mike are both down 50 units total through five weeks of our our betting. I'm only down 8.15 units after I won a few uh, miscut bets. So not doing terrible. um pretty simple recap of Mexico. we all lost our bets. We all took out right winners and none of us had Mr. Knapp. so y'all lost. This week, we are on to the Cognizant Classic at something Palm Beach. I don't really know. But my picks are one unit on Steven Yeager to win. He's at 40-1. to 1. He just got T3 at the Mexico Open. And his rounds were 68-68, 69-65. 68, so trending in the right direction. Coming off of T3, 40-1. to 1, Not so bad to win. Uh, win this event. And then all nine of my other units are going, this is not a really fun bet by any means, but they're going to go on Tom Hoagie to make the cut at uh, 0.44 to one, or if you use American odds, that's minus 227. So pretty big favorite to make the cut. This guy hits his irons well, but that's where I'm putting my units this week. This is a golf podcast, not a PGA podcast. As much as Brett's
2: <laughs> gonna hate this, I'm betting on Live Guys this week because they actually have Love a it. decent event. So I'm gonna go. I don't know the odds, but I'm gonna go three dollars, Bryson. Hmm. Just because in honor of Brett and his uh, Bryson's comments on the OWGR, I think it's a Hope fit time dream. for him to win and be. Um, I think it just all works out great. So $3 on him. We're going to go $3 on Brooks and $1 on Anthony Kim. Nice. These are all winning. And what is that? 367. Let's go another 3 on John Rahm's probably too His odds probably aren't very good. I'm going to go full cunt mode and go Pat Reed sell nice. my soul. I'm
0: uh I'm going to go a different direction from what I usually go. I'm going to take three people to make the cut this week. I'm going Eric Cole to make the cut, Steven Yeager to make the cut, and Bobby McIntyre to make the cut. I'll go four units on Bobby Mac.
2: Does Brett get picks?
0: Brett gets picks if he's prepared for it.
2: I got...
3: Craig stole my thunder. I was going to go AK top 10 or some shit, but instead I'm going to go... Uh, I actually have no idea about the PGA Tournament this week. I know it's the old Haunted Classic. I think yeah. Rory's playing. and am assuming Homa, yes. if he's there. Um, okay, I got, I got 10 on Rory, top five. All my nice. 10 units.
0: Love it. Very good. Love Dang. it. All right. So this is the fan favorite. We're getting to cancel culture again. I do not have anyone to cancel this week. I am going to go to Craig first. Who are you canceling?
2: go go to Braden first go to Braden first not me not me oh, Braden,
0: who do you have first
1: uh okay so i'm canceling the people and i kind of touched on this earlier a little bit but the people that were following around a 15 year old kid looking for his golf ball trying to get a cheap souvenir come on now you can't be doing that psych no i'm not canceling those people <laughs> I'm canceling the people that are canceling those people, the people that are hating on people for following this kid that are are too driven by the media or or saying, like, he's just a kid. Like, why is there so much media? No, I'm canceling y'all that are saying that. It's Tiger Woods, kid. I care. I did not care what was happening at, at Vedanta. I was caring about what Charlie Woods was shooting at his pre-qualifier on Thursday, so I'm canceling whoever said there's too much media for this kid. Fuck you, you're canceled. I love it. I love. I love it. Craig, are you ready?
2: All right, I'm just going spur of the moment. I'm gonna cancel Charlie Woods. Fuck it, Charlie. <laughs> you are a future club pro with that 86 at 15 years old. That's embarrassing. I would have shot at least 85. Uh, I think it's an insult to all pro golfers and we should ban them for all, from all future PJ events for the next 10 years and we'll see you on live.
0: I love it. Nice. There's nothing like cancelling a little child for being shitty at golf. <laughs> uh, Brett, do you have anyone you'd Fuck like to cancel kids. this? In?
3: No, i go after that. Uh, I was going to cancel my keg server tonight for fucking dropping <laughs> a steak as it got to the table. made <laughs> <Hey>, everyone <laughs> wait know. fucking 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, that's bad. That's that's bad. You can cancel. Was it a her? Of course. Don't
3: I mean, assume. That them? Them? Hey, hey, yeah. hey,
2: we don't assume, assume and cancel Sorry. culture. Even
3: though the person whose stake she dropped was the only brown guy at the table. And he literally looked us on the face and said, she made eye contact with the only non-white guy here. And then as a show of power, just dropped it
2: in front of my face. That Try was his already respect risk. it. I'm pro. I'm pro this server. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are finished for another episode of the Bounce Back Bogey podcast. Unless you guys have anything else you want to touch on quickly,
2: I have one note that I forgot in my intro. So I was making uh, fettuccine alfredo tonight. Those who know me, I kind of get distracted really easily, and I'm, I'm, like we said, I'm undiagnosed but I'm probably somewhere on the spectrum to an extent so everyone knows how to make pasta you boil the water I have the chicken in the oven I got the uh, sauce in the saucepan I'm heating it up the pasta is done I always test it um, you're supposed to strain the pasta I'm not thinking because three things for me going on at once is too much to handle I dumped about half the fettuccine sauce in the watered pasta and then realized what I was doing so I had to remake all my pasta. So, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that story was going to be way better. <laughs> I thought it was so funny.
0: <laughs> all right. So on that note, uh, we are going to end this Bounce Back Bowie podcast. I would like to give special thanks to our good friend, Brett Thompson, for coming on. Give him a little round of applause. Good job, Brett. All right, for another episode of the Bounce Back Bogey Podcast, thanks for tuning in. First
2: first, See you, really boys. Feel
0: it. See you guys. Love Let
1: it. And, Let it. Feel it.
2: and I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down. Like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. You should want a bad bitch like this. Huh? Drop it low and pick it up just like this. Yeah. yeah. Cup of ace, cup of goose, cup of Chris. I heal something worth a heavy ticket on my wrist. Back. On my wrist. Taking all the liquor straight. Never chase that. Never stop. Like we bring an 88 back. What?
1: Hook scene where the bass at Champagne spilling, you should taste that